Happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2009 from uh, Trex in Sci-Fi and from me, Rico. Got a special podcast treat for you today. Uh, it's obviously January 1st, 2009. This will be considered podcast 207. Gosh, you had a special podcast on Christmas and on New Year's Day. You guys are so lucky right now. <laughs> anyway, I spoke with uh, a gentleman uh, who works on a fan film production called Star Trek. T-R-A-C-K. These guys uh, really do a great job. They have several episodes out online that you can view. It's more of a comedy parody type uh, fan film, Trek film, uh, than uh, the more serious uh, efforts out there called like New Voyages. But these guys still put in just as much effort, and they're a lot of fun to watch. I We sat down for about, I don't know, about 45 minutes, uh, Christian and I, who works on the production, and talked about all the characters and stories and everything like that. And uh, I think that's about all I'll say. I'm going to play a little sample from one of their latest uh, fan productions. And then I will be right back with the interview with Christian, and we will uh, tell you all about it. Captain's Blog, John H. Fortune, USS Titus, reporting. We've arrived at the planet Calmaria. We are here to pick up Admiral Kraken of the Calmari and transport him to Earth for diplomatic proceedings. End blog. Standard over, Peters. Hail the Calmari. Tell them we've arrived. Sure thing, Captain. Tell me one thing, though. What's that, Mr. Peters? Why is there a Klingon on our ship? I'm here against my will. It's all part of this ridiculous Klingon exchange program. Klang has lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, where are you from? I'm a Plutonian. I'm from the planet Pluto. That's Planetoid, Mr. Peters. Greetings, Captain. I trust your trip was agreeable. Good as usual, Admiral. Are you ready to transport to our ship? Yes, Captain. I need to gather some belongings, and I will hail you when I am ready for transport. Kraken, out! These calamari really crack me up, sweetheart. Oh, John, sometimes I think you love space travel more than me. Sometimes. John. I hate to interrupt your uh, romantic shenanigans, but uh, I'm detecting a strange anomalous reading directly ahead. Hello, everyone. We have a little special treat for you today on Treks in Sci-Fi. I have on the Skype line with me uh, one of the, I guess, founding members. Is that correct, correct Christian? Correct. Okay, Christian Fetto, which I'm probably slaughtering his last name, but uh, they do a production called Star Trek, which can be found over at goldenmediastudios.com. Christian, I want to just thank you for spending a little time with us during the holidays here to talk about your your work uh, on your production. And uh, well, just tell us to begin with, I guess, a little bit how you guys got started doing this, a little bit of the background of yourself and maybe some of the other founding uh, people for the show. Definitely. Thanks a lot, Rico. Um, basically, Star Trek, um, I was speaking with Rico a little earlier. Um, we, generally speaking, try not to take ourselves too seriously when producing um, our show. Um, our tools are serious as far as editing, CGI, and other aspects. But when it comes down to um, the film itself, um, we are a parody comedy. Um, that take ourselves seriously in certain aspects and not in others. So I think we try to get the best of both worlds. Um, 
how it all started off was um, my friend and I, Matt Kennedy, who now will be referred to as Ernest M. Kennedy on uh, the show. He is the captain of the show, uh, Captain Louis Philippe Tremblay. He's named after a local beer. Um, oh, that's good. <laughs> Does that ever come up in the in any of the episodes? Do you guys reference that at all? Or? We do, actually, because I was a character in the show, but I killed myself off because I, uh, I'm a terrible actor. Um, so I basically, during the episode where I was killed, um, I was actually impaled through a fork in the eye. Uh, we were toasting uh, to his family's beer. Ah, okay. So Picard yes. has his wine and you guys have your beer, so okay. Exactly, exactly. And that's where you know, there's lots of uh, little nuances like that that will cool. cross okay. Um, and basically how it started was um, uh, Matt and I were, uh, we were bored one evening, and I think we'd uh, come back from the bar and had a few drinks. Um, and we'd always dabbled in uh, small films, short films, where we'd uh, basically take a setting and just go with it. So we decided we were very into Star Trek at the time. Um, we were what, what, what time frame was this? How long ago did you guys get started? This is about eight years ago. Okay. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm I'm a late bloomer when it comes to Star Trek. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, eight years ago would have been a still Voyager, I guess, and I don't know. If, yes. Yeah. Okay. Voyager was just finishing their run, and uh, Enterprise was on the horizon. Okay. I believe. Yeah. So we had uh, we had just I'd gotten into the films, and then uh, all of a sudden I got bit by the TNG bug, and I just that show just sucked me in, and to this day I just feel that there's there's nothing that that matches what that show did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Star Trek. So we decided to, to just send off to it and do something very quickly in my basement. And uh, what we got was our first episode, which is not, I'm not proud of it. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible episode. Um, and I'll be the first to admit it. There's disclaimers on the video. There's disclaimers on our site. And <laughs> yeah, but basically, you can always start there. You know, it's, it, it, if, you did, if you didn't try to get, you know, do a little bit more each time, you know, every, everyone has those. I mean, I know when I was podcasting early on, I, I, I can't even listen to myself back then because it seemed so clunky and not as polished and that. But, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to kind of look back, though, at that. Well, it most definitely is. And I think that is basically our our biggest motivation through all the years of making this is that um, people ask us, well, you don't do this for profit because obviously there's there's laws and there's rules yes. when it comes to Star Trek. Um, parody is actually falls into this gray area where parodies are acceptable. So if you're watching a film like Airplane, other movies like that where they're flat out parodying a movie, it's actually acceptable uh, thanks to the, uh, I think it's, what is it, the Fifth Amendment or or, or something along those lines. I'm Canadian, so I'm not 100% sure. The, <laughs> yeah, the, the, American the comedians and, and parodies do seem to be able to get away with quite a bit more than, uh, you know, other other things can can do. Of course. And uh, like I was saying, um, through it all, people have asked us why we do it. And really what it comes down to is that once we've set up shop and made our sets and built everything to how, we've, how we want it to be and film an episode, uh, we have something to show for a great time. And that, that's always been our, our motivation is that, well, we have something to catalog. So as opposed to just a bunch of friends meeting up and having a few drinks and talking about old times and then you forget about that the next day, we actually have something concrete that we can put up on the Internet. We can show our friends. We can show our family. And now we can show our And family. be totally embarrassed about it, I'm sure, <laughs> sometimes. Oh, sometimes. But, you know, as, as we've progressed, um, we're 
very proud of, of the work that we're that we're doing there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know that it's um, it's just great. I, I I've just always you know I did little audio episodes when I was growing up. Uh, Star Trek things we wrote and got together, and they just sound completely awful now. And we weren't actors at all, but it's just. You know, I, I always tell people what you know, and they ask, you know, why you do these th- kind of things, and I said, well, it's it, it it's better than being out on the streets, kind of. I mean, you at least you're kind of producing something and 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 doing something that you enjoy with your friends, and you've got a lot of great memories doing it too, which which I I would never trade away at all. So uh, yeah, it's I, I understand completely what you mean. Mm. And along with that comes expectations over the years. Um, basically one-upping ourselves each time that we produced a new episode. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, at first, we were able to fire up four, five, six episodes a year. And the point we've reached now is um, where we are not perfectionists, but we're bordering on it because we don't want to simply produce a product so that we can put it out there. Uh, we wrapped up filming our latest episode in late August, and we're not going to see uh, the release of that episode until March. Um, we're working on uh, our CGI, which is a very, I'd say, strong aspect of our show. Our computer uh, CGI artist, um, Eric Cures, um, does this also out of the kindness of his heart. And he is a rabid Trek fan. And he basically gives our show credibility, if, if, if I can put it that way, in that uh, our ships, this, the CGI that we have in this show is very, very pretty. Yeah, it's uh, you know, people who don't ever try any of things like that, they 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 just, I mean, give me you know a rough idea. You said a few months or whatever at least, but I mean, they don't understand. Usually, it's just a, you know a guy or maybe a couple of people doing this, and it takes so many hours to produce that mm. kind of stuff. Oh, it definitely does. Um, generally speaking, I'll do most of the editing um, and the writing, and Eric will take care of all the CGI. So. Um, I might have a lot of work to do, but it's tenfold for him. It's uh, to, to have one person taking care of all of that. He builds all the ships from scratch um, in Maya, which is the, the computer uh, rendering program. And uh, what we get is just some, some awesome results from him. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, hey, I'm curious. So I was thinking about something when you mentioned about how you guys are striving each time to do a little bit better and, and more, per, you know, a nicer looking show at least and that. And, the, your show being more of a parody and a comedy, I, I'm curious, I, I've looked over a handful of your episodes, but I'm curious, do you find yourselves going more towards a more serious episode at all? Or or is the comedy, do you feel, is still as much in there? I guess, I guess when, you, when you were talking there, I was starting to wonder if you guys find yourselves, because you're, you know, you're improving your effects and the look and all that, do you find that that um, is making you be a little bit more of a, Kind of a, I guess a quote unquote normal Trek episode than, than more of a parody comedy, or do you feel it's still just as much in there, if not more? Well, I've I've always thought that situational comedy is something that really, um, that really amuses me, um, and through the situations that our characters are put into, um, we leave it open so that the actors can parody what would normally be happening. So. As opposed to writing a flat-out slapstick comedy, I just assume have a serious story, a serious script, and just let my actors roll with it. And essentially, that's what happens every time. And what we get out of it is, uh, generally speaking, um, a, a funny uh, situation or episode. 
Oh, so you're are, are you indicating or saying that by that that you're there's a, a fair amount of just sort of ad libbing uh, done on when you guys are filming? I would say that uh, about eighty five percent of the what you would consider uh, the comedy of our show is is ad lib. It's on the fly. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, you yeah, definitely we have, have a- some funny people then to you know to support you in that and. And maybe you could go through just a little bit of the of the main characters and, and the and the actors that play them on on your show. Of course, I've already mentioned Captain Louis Philippe Tremblay, who is uh, like I've said, he's uh, he's named after our our local beer. Um, basically, he's sort of a take on uh, Captain Picard. He's played by Matt Kennedy, um, and he's sort of you know your your serious captain who's uh, who's always trying to to, to save the day. And uh, he has his, his, his crew behind him. And basically the main characters of the show, we've got uh, our Scottish Indian actor um, played by uh, Cap- sorry, science officer Smock, who's played by Dev Birdie. Um, Smock is sort of our resident alcoholic uh, science officer. Yeah, I notice he's always got a, uh, a flask in his hand, right, pretty much? <laughs> he's got a flask or something going on, exactly. Um, uh, he replaced my character, who uh, who I killed off. So he is the first officer on the ship, um, and he's just there, um, essentially to uh, to give options for the captain to uh, to lay things out on the line and just let them know how it's going, um, and obviously to uh, sip his flask. Yeah. Uh, he actually that actor. There's another. I'll get onto this later. All right now, I'll just I'll go through the characters. Um, another character we have is uh, intern. Uh, sorry, Yeoman Bland, who is, uh, it's just B-L-A-N-D, Bland, because that is essentially what his character is. He's uh, a very upset, uh, angst-ridden character on our show who feels that he never gets the proper uh, respect that is uh, deserved. Um, So he's he's always having a hard time. Who is playing him? Mac Mansuri. Okay. Yes. And uh, he joined our show um, in the... Twelfth uh, episode, which means that he's now been around for close to ten episodes. Um, the way the characters join into our show is basically friends of friends will watch it and say, "I need in, I want uh-huh. in on this," and then all of a sudden we say, "Okay, stop by." They'll stop in for a shoot. You know, we'll maybe kill them in a in a scene in engineering or something. And if we like the character, well, then we'll bring them back for the next episode. Um, and that's essentially how it worked out with Mac. Um, Mac is a, is a regular character now, and Yeoman Bland is, uh, is, is one of my favorite characters to write for, uh, just because it's, it's the irony. Everything is just, he, can, he states the obvious. You know, we're flying into a gaseous anomaly. Why wouldn't we fly around that gaseous anomaly? Right, Simple yes, like exactly. That. Everything we've always yelled at, the, uh, yelled at the TV when we're watching episodes. <laughs> this exactly. is space. It's big. <laughs> Go around yes. the neutral zone. <laughs> yes, of course, and then I might be, I might be digging. Oh, but that'll myself. take an extra, you know, five minutes at warp six. Oh, okay <laughs> then, you know. <laughs> of course, and then we've also got um, our uh, lieutenant to commander Analog, who is a uh, who is a direct uh, parody of uh, um, Data, and Analog is uh, an android um, officer who um, is challenged, and he has to wear a yellow hard hat at all times. Um, to protect himself. Um, Analog is played by Irfan Tavakoli. Um, Irfan joined the show on the 10th episode as well. Um, he uh, Basically, Analog is, is 
is the uh, person or character who is there to um, have that sort of childlike uh, appeal, I think, is that that's, that's basically what I'm going for with him, is that he's, he's a big kid, essentially. Okay. Uh, and he, he has, he's sort of trying to find himself, much like Data was uh, during The Next Generation, and uh, there's, there's, there's parallels that can be drawn there with him. Um, what's funny is his creator wound up, wound up being uh, a villain from a previous episode, and we found that out in the last episode, so we try to, we try to draw as many uh, little things from previous episodes that we can tie in, but at the same time, it's, you have to be careful when doing that, is that you don't want to lose viewers by having too much history going on and not enough uh, forward thinking. Yes, yes, a, f- a thing that all, all TV series always have to face, too. Of course. Because you will have your fans that will know everything that's going on, but for the other people that have just caught up and just watched that one episode, they might be saying, I don't know what's going on here. So we've always had little uh, Easter eggs in there for, for the people that have, that have watched all the episodes. Um, we've also got on our show, we've got Ensign Easy, who is, uh, she's one of the only uh, female crew members on our ship. Um, she's, uh, she's, a, she's a hit on, the, on our message boards and from a lot of our fans. Uh, they, they definitely... Uh, they, they definitely love easy, is what we can say. Uh, <laughs> now, is she a, I, I'm, I'm trying to look back, has she been in from the beginning? Of She's the... actually been in from since the 16th episode. 16th episode, yeah. okay. Yeah, she jumped in uh, as, uh, as uh, Lieutenant uh, Commander LaForge's uh, uh, assistant in that episode, and uh, we really liked what we saw, so we decided for the next episode, we're going to throw her on the bridge. So she is the, uh, she's our navigation, she, she takes care of uh, flying the ship. So uh, she's crashed it on a few occasions, and uh, not to say that uh, that women are more likely to crash, but uh, she has crashed our ship. She uh, we, we actually she totaled one of our ships, and uh, at the same time she's uh, she's saved the day a few times, and she's uh, she definitely uh, brings a, a nice uh, female quality to to the bridge. She brings that she adds that dimension there. Yeah. So then we've also got um, other characters on the show. Um, like I said, we've got uh, Commander LaForge, which is spelled a little differently than it was spelled on The Next Generation, who is played also uh, by Matt Kennedy, the captain of the show. Now, is that um, supposed to be LaForge? Like I said, I haven't watched enough of them to know for sure. It's it's a definite... It's We had an initial run of the show, which was our first ten episodes. Uh, okay. Those were basically trying to find ourselves and just figure out how to make a movie. Yes. Um, and basically, once we figured out that we were able to, um, we made up new characters as opposed to simply just taking them. Uh, one of the one of the characters that that made it and that survived that transition was uh, LaForge because he was just he's en- engineering. He's always angry at his engines. He's always hitting something. He's getting mad at people, and uh, of course he's got his his visor, which is just you know a pair of glasses wrapped in tinfoil. So that's just little things that we've kept throughout the years so that we can always remember where we've come from. Tell me a little bit about um, I think the, the the writing itself and and who's been working on that and how you guys come up with your ideas pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, in the past, um, it was sort of uh, myself. I would uh, I would write all the episodes. I would write the script, and then uh, came down to it, we would simply film it. And now, as we've as we've progressed, um, I've done most of the writing as well from the initials from the get go. And uh, then we have meetings between Irfan Tavakoli, uh, Dev Verdi, and myself, 
and we'll meet up and we'll discuss the script and we'll look over um, possibilities that there could be changes. So as we've moved forward, more people have stepped up to the plate and have, have started to, to interject and give ideas. And I think that's a great thing because we are sort of an on-the-fly, like I said, we do a lot of ad-lib. So what's nice is to have this sort of ad-lib uh, reduced so that we can have a more concrete script that, uh, that, that meets what we know our characters can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, it looks like you also do a lot of things, uh, locations and stuff. You guys get out and about. This is it. You know, you mentioned, I think, your basement or whatever. Or was it your basement or was it someone else's that you do a lot of the filming in? It's it's been in a lot of basements. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's it's started Aren't basements off in... great. How would you live without it? So, <laughs> oh, definitely. I think uh, a lot of us are basement dwellers, and I uh, I've always had a, a a soft spot for basements. But the uh, the initial one started off in my parents' basement. Um, we did, I think, two there. Well, how very Star Trek. <laughs> oh, is it ever? Isn't it? Yeah. And uh, and then as we moved forward, uh, Matt Kennedy and I we uh, we rented a house together. And uh, we did it in the basement there. So that's where we did a majority of the first run of the episodes were in that basement there. And uh, actually, as we moved forward then, um, we started to take apart living rooms altogether. Um, <laughs> we'd empty the entire living room into a room, and if it wasn't raining, we'd put the stuff outside, and we'd set up shop. Uh, this is where um, Tere Gustafsson, who also plays uh, Commander Topper on the show in Engineering, He's basically LaForge's nemesis on the on the show, uh, but they are crew members. They work together, but he just states the obvious that really upsets LaForge all the time. Tere takes care of our set design. Um, Tere is uh, very good at uh, building sets. He's built all of our consoles. He's built our back section. He's built all the wall panels, everything. So when he jumped on board, um, the sets really got. Um, we breathe life into them. Mm-hmm. So now with that, we take apart rooms, like I said. We empty out. It's, it's all done at my house now. Um, so we, my living room and, and uh, my, my girlfriend, uh, she's, she's very uh, forgiving and she's very accepting to the, to the fact that we'll be taking apart my living room, honey. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and when you, uh, yeah, and then how long when you do that is, is your living room taken apart for? How long do you guys usually film for? At we least try to, recently. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, just in the last few, I know you're, you've been improving and adding more, so I'm assuming maybe you spend a little bit more time filming? or We do. Um, in, a, in our last episode, it took us uh, two shoots of about, uh, I would say, close to 10 hours each, uh, each shoot. So this is uh, our next episode. We're shooting at about uh, 100 minutes, so we're looking for more of a, a feature-length episode. So with this, oh, okay. we were... As opposed to doing two episodes a year, we said, well, we're ripping apart the living room and we're going to be doing all of this CG. Why not just make one big episode? So that's how we took, that's how we approached this episode. So, yeah, it took two uh, separate shoots of basically a full day. Um, on the technical side, I'm a little curious. What kind of uh, what kind of filming equipment are you guys using uh, these days? And I, I'm sure that's probably gone through some changes as well. Almost oh, definitely. Um, when it started off, we just turned the lights on bright in the living room and had some horrible lighting, bad shadows, and lots of things like that. And as we progressed, uh, we did a lot of work with shop lights. And uh, then again, once once Tere jumped on board, um, we looked at other other possibilities. So 
we've yeah, got light, to... lighting is key you know people don't understand that sometimes but it you know with you know mm-hmm. with, even a good camera with with bad lighting it's not going to work out no it's not going to work out exactly um that's it so we we've, we've definitely improved on the lighting uh, just 100 percent since we began um we've we've read up online and we've read books about filmmaking and how to get proper lighting and thanks to Ture we've we've been able to uh to get that lighting uh, up to spec definitely and uh like you said before when we do our location shoots uh nature is the most forgiving when it comes to lighting so that's why we uh, generally try to do a, a location or two per episode just because of that feel that and that we don't have to take a part of the living room and that we can just go out into the woods and you know it's an alien planet because i mean when it comes to a star trek show um, that's what they do. You know, they jump into the mountains and they say, "Well, yeah." Look I think this it makes world. it more interesting for people to watch too if they're always seeing that same, you know, living room set and all that kind of stuff. I've always enjoyed, you know, episodes on Star Trek. I mean, the, the ones that are only on the ship are okay sometimes too, but I don't know. There's something kind of that you really remember when you go out into a certain location and do some filming. It, it kind of yeah. sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So we've we've always had location shoots. I I feel exactly the way you feel about that. And when I was started making them, I said, well, "Why don't we do locations?" So we started to do locations, and since then it just you know it sticks like that. Um, Are they all another, fairly near you guys, or do you go out really very far sometimes? I'm curious. To just in uh, I know you're up in the in the Canada area. Yes, we are. Um, we uh, we're in the Montreal area, so we're, we're big hockey fans up here too. Um, when we uh, when we do location shoots, we've, we've got about three locations where we'll go. Uh, we've got a sort of old castle that's nearby uh, that we've used a few times in our episodes, um, which is actually going to be demolished uh, in the new year. Unfortunately, um, it's a it's an old landmark, but it's it's falling apart. But uh, we've used that a few times. Uh, there's another spot called Terracotta, which is a city park that we go to, which is massive, and so we can go there and just. Uh, Film our, film our shots, but there's always people walking their dogs, looking at us. Really yeah, I was about to thing. say, when you go out on these locations, do you run into you know people like, what the heck are you guys doing, or whatever, oh. especially when you're in you know strange outfits and things like that? Oh, definitely. Um, the, the, the most recent episode, the one that we'll be releasing in March, um, we filmed that. Uh, actually, Montreal is uh, it's an island, and at the middle of the island is a mountain, and that's called Mount Royal, and that's where the name Montreal comes from. We were actually filming on Montreal, uh, Mount Royal, and uh, while we were there, we were filming essentially in a big dog park. So we were constantly filming, and we had uh, a Tuscan Raider involved in this in this scene. <laughs> okay. And this is actually my girlfriend, my who I'm, my fiance, I'll say, who I'm engaged to. She was actually playing the Tuscan Raider. So you know, we had the whole makeup going on and everything, and a big mask, and she just looked incredible as this Tuscan Raider. And there were people walking by looking at us just saying, what's going on here, you know? And we just explained, you know, we're filming a movie and, you know, we hand out, we have matchbooks that we hand out instead of business cards so they can check out the site. So oh, most good, people are, good. Yeah, yeah. People are very accepting and people are just more interested than anything. They say, well, where can I watch it? How can I watch it? Because once you've seen it being made, it's nice to, to watch the finished product. Right, exactly. And, you know, they say, you know, anytime, you, you know, one person sees it and tells another person and so forth, so it, it never hurts. Temporal anomaly. There's something coming through. John, we're being hailed. The image is extremely distorting. On screen, babe. So sexy. 
Curious about the cameras that you guys are have been using? Yeah, we uh, we've just recently graduated to a Canon GL1, which is a uh, it's a very nice piece. It's a it's it's a very portable um, intermediate uh, camera. Um, but we've also in the past used a Canon Allura 65, um, which we also use now for uh, those hazardous shots. That in case uh, in case the camera gets destroyed, we won't be too upset. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We've got wide lens, wide lens adapters. We've got shotgun mics. We've got boom mics. We've got uh, a lot of things. Another thing you'd said before about the lighting being very important, but uh, to me, I think the most important aspect is the sound. So if if this is something I I, heard, I read online and I did take a film course when I was at university, and basically they said to me, you can have the muddiest, ugliest shot in the world, but if you can hear the dialogue, chances are that the viewer's going to get it. So yeah, for good me, point. It's always- Especially since you guys are doing so much, you know, your show. I think, uh, unlike maybe some of the other fan productions, uh, if you just listen to it, and I think it's true about Star Trek in general, but you can pick up a lot of the humor. You know, you guys mm-hmm. are at least the stuff that I've been able to watch so far. A lot of it is in the dialogue itself. You know, there are some things that are visual, you know, humor, but. Just what you are saying sometimes is, is important, and like you said, if the audio is is not good, then you know you don't want to lose that. Yeah, so we've always done that. Um, do most of the editing with Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, that basically opens up all the doors for me. I'm able to do everything I need to do. A lot of post effects. Um, you know, it's it's fairly straightforward filmmaking. I'm self-taught. I never, uh, I, I did take a, a course in, in filmmaking, but I was never showed how to how to edit. Yeah, so I was going to ask been... that too. Was uh, was another question about it in general, not just for yourself, but for others. Are I, I'm guessing for you know when I talk to people that do these kinds of things, some of them sometimes have some you know professional experience in doing something related to film or whatever, but most of them don't. I, do, does anyone have anything like that in their background uh, or? or uh, or are you guys all just sort of like self-taught, you know, over the internet and books and things? That, that for the most part, the only person that has any experience in this is Eric Kuros, who's our CGI artist. Okay, uh, all right. He did a, he did a full course um, to learn Maya, um, which, like I said, is the program he uses to render all the ships. Probably the a lot. Uh, very helpful versus just sort of slugging it out and trying to to learn it on your own, I'm sure. Oh, oh! when I direct those shots, as I, generally speaking, I'll direct the, the CGI shots with him, and I'll tell him, basically, I want the ship to do this. So I'm just a kid in a candy shop when I'm at his place, because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a trekker at heart, and I just, I get there, and I see my ship, and I see, 
Uh, can you uh, throw in a Romulan ship there and uh, perhaps a Klingon ship? Oh, yeah, that'll just a... take me another two days to do or whatever. <laughs> oh, and exactly, but he's he's very he's understanding as well. And then all of a sudden I, I look at it and we've got this finished product. And it's just it's incredible to see. So, Yeah, but uh, Eric is the one with the, uh, the, the actual experience. The rest of the experience we've gained over the years, um, I mean, I'd chalk that up and I'd say it's just as good as some experience you'd get in the field because we've learned so much. Um, yeah, it's a learn just, by doing thing. I mean, that's that's yeah. I think that and it's um, you know it's it's great with the internet these days. I mean, it does help immensely for doing things like this and oh, learning definitely. things and getting information. My yeah. son has a my one of my sons has a phrase of uh, he says if you can't find it on the internet, you're not looking hard enough for you know which is basically true. Yeah, very well put. So what else about this uh, this whole production that you'd like to share, you know, in general? I mean, the uh, the episodes that are out there, uh, What you know, maybe some future plans, anything like that? Definitely. Well, we just released um, a cartoon, our first cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that, because I did watch that one a couple days ago. It was very good. Yes, it was uh, produced by Matt Lampson, Animation Studios. Uh, Matt Lampson is actually a fan of our show who uh, stumbled upon our site and... Uh, joined into our message boards and uh, the forums, and he started to chat with us, and then I started to chat with him, and the possibility came up of, of doing an animation through through a, another person, and then I mentioned it to Matt, and he said, well, I can do animation. And then within a day, he had basically um, animated, he had, he had images of all of our characters, and I just immediately fell in love with the art style, um, which we're doing a, sort of doing a throwback to the animated series, um, with along the lines of, uh, I'm not sure if, if you watch uh, C-Lab, but we're looking for sort of that kind of um, 1970s type animation. Right, uh, right, where it was very, you know, you you know, like the, like you said, the the Trek cartoon, the the animated series, you know, very, you know, certainly not anything like they can do in animation these days with Pixar and those kind. Of, you know, it's very. They move the images, you know, if there's somebody moving across the screen, the whole his whole body just kind of moves in one, you know, unit and that kind of thing. Exactly. So what we're, what we're going for with the animated episodes now is uh, it's called Star Trek The Animated Adventures. Uh, we're going to be hopefully producing uh, three or four of these per year. And what this is going to be, it's just another outlet for us to expand on our characters. Um, our next episode will actually uh, be a throwback to the Academy. So we're going to be able to see our characters, like Schmock and Tremblay and Analog and Bland, um, all back at the Academy uh, ah. as, friends, as friends back then. Are exactly. you taking a little uh, clue from the from the new movie coming out at all there, or was that something you guys had going before it's, that? It's, uh, you know, well, I mean, the, the new movie, I'm not sure. I mean, I've, I'm, just, I'm staying away from all the spoilers, so um, if, there, if there are uh, similarities, well, then they could be chalked up to that, but um, I, I'm thinking probably, you know, there's always been a, the interest of, I've always wanted to see the, our characters at the Academy. Take the uh, Next Generation episode, Tapestry, where you got to see Captain Picard back at the Academy. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah, of, and it's another way to say, you know, to develop them and see where they all came from and maybe, you know, why one guy drinks all the time and this and, and all those little quirks they have. Exactly. There's actually a few answers that'll, uh, questions that'll be answered is our captain has this, uh, is fear of forks, and uh, we might find out why he has that fear of forks. Uh, <laughs> good, there's good. A, exactly. There's a, 
there's a ca- character, uh, Yeoman Bland, who uh, early in, in one of his first episodes mentioned how he worked in the kitchen at the Academy. So we might be able to see him in the kitchen as a chef. So there's, there's all kinds of possibilities there. And plus, like I was saying with the animation, it just lets us do things we wouldn't be able to do. Sure, uh, yes. So location-wise, things like that. And it's, you know, it's, it's canon, so we'll be able to incorporate that into the stories that we'll be doing in the future. For I'm live wondering action. on that, on the animated side of it, do you... Um... Does the animation come first, or the audio come first, or is it a sort of a little bit of a mix? Oh, the last, the, the first episode was a real test for us. It was sort of, um, it was last minute. We started producing it in uh, mid-November, and we wanted to release it in December, um, which we did. Thank, thank you, Matt. By the way, um, so what we were able to do was was great, but our, we were sort of flawed in our in our in our execution in that um, we. Generally speaking, when doing animation, you should have a rough cut of the audio to start with. Give that to the animator so that he's able to time the dialogue accordingly. Right, Um, yeah. And then send it back and we can remaster the audio. What we did this time was he sort of read through the script, spoke it out loud, and then animated the characters for that length of time. So we got the finished product back from him and then had our actors speak it in time. So it restricted us as to those little nuances, those things that make Star Trek what it is. But we were able to do an excellent job with what we got. But I'm just thinking for future episodes, um, if we do it with audio first, some scratch audio, and then you know have him animate that and go back and do that, we'll, right, we'll have okay. a lot more feel of the characters. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, that's uh, yeah. I'm always curious about how they do that in general, and I know it was sort of a little bit of. Sometimes it's back and forth, but it, yeah, it does make a lot more sense if if he has some audio to work with. But with the time constraints, it sounds like you were. You know, he had to have something, so you kind of time it out. And what I've noticed when people will read lines and things like that is you tend to go faster than mm-hmm. you really should, you know. So it's um, because you, you just, you're reading something, not acting it. I don't know if that's, if you guys, if you know what I mean, or does that make sense to you? Or? Oh, I, I totally know what you mean, yeah. I, I, I get yeah, that. because people don't really talk like that. You know, when you when you listen to a conversation or you see people talk, they don't talk like they're reading something. Then it becomes, you know, sort of unreal almost. And uh, mm-hmm. I pick that up on some things. I'll watch a movie or a TV show, and I'll just, boy, this is... And and I don't know if it comes down to it's a poor script or it's poor acting or whatever, or a combination, but, gosh, it's just like they're reading the lines, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, you know, I, I it, it's an interesting, you know, dilemma, I guess, but... Uh, so what else is in this? So more animation, and you, you've got this big episode that you're working on. Yes, it's called uh, Star Trek Idomo Conductivity. Uh, Idomo is the name of the show now. Uh, we, we started off, we had the first run of the episodes was uh, Star Trek 1. And Idomo, Idomo for everyone is, is the ship. That's the name of your yes, ship, right? Yes, of course. Idomo is the name of the ship, and Idomo is actually... Um, the name of a uh, now closed uh, furniture store, um, who used to um, have the most hilarious commercials. You know, the, you, you'll see some commercials on sure, uh, television right. sometimes that just make you laugh. You know, you look at this commercial and say, "Is this for real?" And uh, Matt and I used to watch it and we'd be looking at it, saying, "This is just the funniest commercial I think I've ever seen." So you decided and, to name your ship that. That's great. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I like it when people have references like that, like you said about the beer and your ship name, rather than you know where, because everyone always wants to know where those things come from. And people would be, I, I think, surprised sometimes that they don't just. It's not like you're sitting down with a blank piece of paper and start stringing letters together. Usually, there's something behind it. Yeah. 
definitely. And that's where Idomo comes from. So, yeah, the new episode will release um, Friday, March 13th. So Friday the 13th, we'll be releasing our new episode to the world. And, uh, oh, one other thing that I was going to ask, and I just remembered, uh, you mentioned, of course, that you know your involvement and your familiarity with with Star Trek and our... Would you say pretty much everyone that is working on this is a big Trek fan? Have you dragged people, very many people in? You mentioned your girlfriend, uh, but you know, I'd, I'm curious if if there's if most of them are fans and, and what are their um, likes of you know? You said TNG, I think. Oh yeah, um, most of the people involved are, are, are well. We're definitely all Star Trek fans. Um, I think we've all got there. At least five of us have the uh, the ten film box set. So, you know, we've, we've definitely enjoyed the films, uh, and a few of the other guys have got the seasons on, on DVD. Um, we're, we're all Star Trek fans. I mean, some were less than others, but, you know, through this... I any fans of the original series? Any any people oh. that are into that very much? Um, we're, we're sort of product of the 80s and 90s, so I think uh, okay. we're mostly next generation uh, DS9 fans. I was curious, since they, you know, they did the whole remastering episodes, and they were kind of broad, I'm not sure if you guys were getting those where you're at... You know, oh, we that, do get them. Yeah, we get them on the space that, network. You know, sometimes yeah. I thought that that was a neat idea for you know to kind of generate some new interest in those older episodes. Definitely. Um, as far as the original series, I mean, I'm definitely a fan of the original series, and uh, I think that um, the original series is it's 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 just it's it's an excellent show, and there's there's a lot of things about it that I find very amusing and that I get a kick out of. Oh yeah, um, there's definitely yeah, there's definitely that in there in the. Uh, especially uh especially the third season you oh, could yeah. you could probably yeah, you could probably take just almost every episode from the third season and do a takeoff on on it you know exactly and that's sort show. of yeah if you ever need you know if you're ever desperate for an idea you know just pull out one of those episodes and watch it and i think you'll be fine it, yeah. i'm curious uh, i i watch several you know trek fan productions new voyages exeter and and others online, but you guys seem to be, you know, kind of a little unique being the the comedy parody version. Uh, Did you, I know you just sort of, like you said, you got this going, you know, almost on a, you know, just say, hey, let's, let's do this. But did you realize at the time, were you followers of any of the other Trek fan film works online or are you now, or did you, you know, try to carve out your own little niche because of that? Um, I've, I've always, uh, I've always been aware of everything that goes on online with, with the other fan films. I make it a point to watch them all. Uh, I just watched the new voyages episode, uh, blood and fire. Um, I watched that yesterday. So I try to keep myself up to date on what we're not going up against because I don't really think that we're competing with them. No, as far as no, no. The subject matter. Yeah. We're, we're going for something that's a little more loose, a little more laid back. Um, and not necessarily, uh, as serious. Have you guys um, ever but, had any contact back and forth between you and any of the other ones at all? I'm just just wondering if uh, if anyone said, "Hey, I li- I enjoy your stuff. I work on this," or anything like that. Actually, you'd be surprised. Most of our most of our contact that we've had through other fan films comes from Europe and the Netherlands. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a there's a fan film out there. It's uh, called Star Trek Dark Armada. Um, they're very nice people over there, and we've had some contact from them, some help here and there. Uh, you know, I remember a few years back I needed a Starfield, and they sent it to me. So, you know, there was, there's things like that. Um, That's we've, great. We've, yeah, I've, I've been able to get on the message boards with the the other fan films out there and chat with them, tell them to check out my stuff. So there's been some back and forth, definitely. Good, good. It's uh, yeah, it's nice. And it, it is, like you said, 
everyone's just doing this kind of for the love of it and it's fun and it's it's nice to be able to share that with you know online uh, unlike again before the internet and and those kind of times you would have been doing it you might have screened it for your friends and things at home you know pop in the videotape or something like that but but now you can share it with the uh, the whole wide world have you have you had any any kind of difficulty with that i mean you've never gotten a letter from paramount that said uh hmm what are you guys doing here or anything like that yeah we've always um no we, we've never had any uh any warnings or any letters um like i've said we're uh like we, we fall into that parody comedy um have you ever area. thought about putting out your stuff um i know places are doing this and they there's a few workarounds you know putting out like a little compilation dvd but you can like, hey, we're, we're, we're selling these, you know, Star Trek Idomo T-shirts, but if you do that, we'll include a little DVD with our, our videos on it, you know, for free type of thing. You know, there's ways around. I'm, I'm just curious if you've ever looked into any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, we've actually looked into uh, Press Cafe, who uh, they produce. Uh, you can send them your images, and they'll basically Sure, right, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, so we've looked into that possibility, um, as well as the DVDs. Um, for the most part, I mean, all of our episodes you can download from our site. Um, actually, most of our later episodes, from episode 14 to 21, uh, we've we've made those available on our site. So, and they're definitely a good quality, so you're able to burn those to DVD. Um, so, I mean, there's there's been thoughts of of doing stuff like that, and uh, yeah, we just we we're, we're sort of we're sort of waiting for uh, just to just figure out what we're going to do with that. Yeah, it's you know it's it's nice and it's easy obviously to just share them online, but sometimes the uh, you know kind of packing it all together is kind of fun too. Just even mm-hmm. if you do it for yourselves or something like that, or for a few a few fans or whatever, and and that. Anything else still that Christian that you wanted to share with everyone? I know once you just mentioned you know the contact. It's uh, just www.goldenmediastudios.com. Is that correct? That's it. Yep, and. Uh... Basically, what I want to what I want to let people know is that just because we're a parody or a comedy, um, doesn't mean we don't take ourselves and the subject matter seriously. Um, like I said, we're big Star Trek fans, so if you're into Star Trek and you ask yourself sometimes why aren't they going around that anomaly, um, well, if you watch Star Trek, you just might get the answers to that. So it's it's we're we're a different take on Star Trek. Um, we like like you've said, we we work hard at it. We do our locations. We take apart our house. And, we put something out there for you guys to enjoy, and uh, I just appreciate all the thanks and all the comments and everything we've had online over the years, and uh, we're going to keep going with it, and it's, it's just a great time. That's great, Christian. I, again, uh, it it's, looks like you guys have a blast and a lot of fun, and I think that's important, and you know, you're doing something kind of constructive with your time and learning some things, and I'm curious what you do as a, you know, when you're not doing this, since we've been uh-huh. talking this last you know, hour or so. Definitely. Um, I'm actually a sales rep. I work for uh, for a company up here in Canada, and uh, I deal in uh, home electronics and uh, computer electronics as well. Okay. So, All right. It's yeah. always interesting to find that out because I, I just you know it's people that are always seem to be surprised by you know, but you know you do this too kind of a thing. You know, in other words, yeah. it's, it's I like to you know there's those. I don't know if you've seen them, but there's these Microsoft uh, computer tech um, uh, commercials that they've been showing, you know, and they're trying to show the variety of people who are into, you know, computing and using Windows and all that. And, and I always try to, you know, share that and, and you know, because there's this, 
And it still is true, although I think it's less than it used to be, you know, especially less than when I was growing up and early in the days of Trek. But there's a bit of a stereotype, if you, you probably have noticed, <laughs> oh, but, you know, that, that, that we don't do anything besides this, that we live and breathe Star Trek, and, it, and it's not the yeah. case. You know, there, there's, uh, you know, lots of things I do besides the, you know, even the podcast and the website that I run, but it's, uh, it's, it's always good, I think, to share that information. You know, I, I can remember some Saturday Night Live parodies and things about, you know, where these guys, like, you know, get a life, get a, you know, get a job, yeah. you know, get a girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, we've uh, got girls, we've got lives, we've got jobs. It's uh, yeah, exactly. You know, we're, it, it, we're all grown up, and we still love what we loved when we were kids. That's what it comes yeah, down. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it all. And you know, there's a few. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are into going to conventions very much, or how much shows up. They seem to have cut back. You know, they used to go yeah. quite a bit. I don't know if you get any up in the in Montreal, but the there are always some people when you're at those cons that you look at them and you go, hmm, yeah, okay, but. The vast majority, are, you know, they're they're very, you know, intelligent and busy people that have a lot of things. But hey, they enjoy this this thing like other people might enjoy, you know, uh, a pro football team or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, uh, we've been to a few. Well, we haven't physically been to a few uh, um, conventions. We we've sent our videos off to uh, to the to the people, the organizers of these, and they've played some of our episodes. And oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That- how have those gone over? Have you gotten pretty good feedback? Uh, yeah, they've been good. We've uh, we were we were at Shore Leave last year. Um, we've been to a few more, and uh, the reception's been great. We even won an award for best in show, uh, or best best Star Trek uh, Trek film. So uh, you know, it's uh, we we get these little these little things that that build up over time, you know, and uh, they're just they're great to, to yeah, see. Yeah, I think that, your stuff uh, would be would be perfect for uh, for cons, just because they're usually a little more you know open and friendly and a little you know those you know they used to always the old days but again before it was so easily available on youtube and all that but you know the blooper reels and that all that stuff goes over i think almost better than even a more serious kind of video at uh at those places everyone's mm-hmm. looking to have a nice laugh you know mm-hmm. that's what we're that's what we're aiming for good good well, I, again, Christian, thanks for your time. Just stay on the line, and we can talk uh, just informally, you and I, after I end the recording here. But again, everyone, go visit uh, Christian and his work and the rest of his friends over at uh, GoldenMediaStudios.com. Thanks so much for your time, Rico. Thank and, you, uh... Christian. Well, Mr. Schmuck, here we are, ready to embark on another journey. You know, Captain, I never really apologized for destroying the old ship. Think nothing of it, Smock. It's all in the past now. Still, Captain, I just think that she never really got the real adventure that she deserved. Shh! There she is now. She's beautiful, Captain. And fast. She can reach up to speeds of Phase 10. My god, Phase 10? Romulation back in a day? Freeze! For beauty shots. For more information on Treks and Sci-Fi, visit the Treks and Sci-Fi website at www.com. 
Production.